with a bang. It's a bonus edition of the SOC pod, the state of combat on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. Back at you. Bonus combat sports interview spectacular extravaganza this week. Heck, it's already been one busy week of the SOC as it is. But who gives you this kind of bonus content this week? When we got interviews today with lineal, unbeaten boxing heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, WWE legend and executive Paul Triple H Levesque, and pro wrestler and Bellator heavyweight Jake Hager. Yes, you know him as Jack Swagger. We got all three on the pod today, breaking down some big events in our future on the combat sports calendar. When you look at what's going on in the WWE in Saudi Arabia with Tyson Fury and both the combination for old Jake Hager there of what's going on in AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night in pro wrestling. And also you can see Hager back in that Bellator cage this Friday, Bellator 231 in Connecticut. So much to get to here. And look, it's already been a big week, like I mentioned, for the SOC. Logan Paul dropped by the boxing podcast earlier this week. The YouTube sensation to break down his big Super Bowl fight November 9th against KSI. The boxing rematch. This time the head gear is off. Also, don't miss Wednesday's MMA show with Bellator welterweight champion Rory McDonald. Former champion Douglas Lima getting you fired up for Saturday's rematch. You know what we bring here on the SOC, and that's the one and only untraceable, unmistakable performance enhancing audio. And we got no shortage of it. In this spectacular of a interview bonus special, it's going to leave you happy in the end. It's going to leave you fired up. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. All right. Uh, we want to tell you, though, if you like what you hear on this podcast, on this podcast each week when we give you specific dedicated episodes in the worlds of mixed martial arts, boxing, pro wrestling, you do want to get out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine audio is consumed and let your voice be heard. Five-star review season. It's the holidays, folks. Get ahead of that. Give it to us. Give it back to us. Let your voice be heard for this show, for this podcast. And let me not forget to remind you, we are just one week away from a giant week in the world of combat sports in general. UFC 244 at Madison Square Garden, the BMF title in that main event. Our MMA show with Hall of Famer Sugar Rashad Evans will be there to break it all down, preview it, get you fired up, and don't forget about the boxing pay-per-view that you need to see on zone. It's Canelo Alvarez, the middleweight champion, the biggest star in the sport, moving up two weight classes to take on light heavyweight king Sergey Kovalev. We got you covered with four podcasts next week, not just a preview breaking it down, not just bonus interview episodes from Las Vegas, from Media Row there with plenty of legends, plenty of big names, but also an instant analysis pod right after the fight ends. Same thing, by the way, with UFC 244. The SOC has you covered. And when you consider that, it's also that big WWE showdown that we've been talking about. Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez, the rematch. Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman. You're going to want to catch up on our pro wrestling podcast next week to get you fired up for that as well. All right, enough selling you things, right? Enough, enough doing all that stuff. Let's get right into the heart of it. Let's get right into the interviews. Yeah, there it is. There's the honk. All right. Um, we're going to start off here with Jake Hager. You knew him in WWE as Jack Swagger. 
You know him now as Jake Hager, mixed martial artist, Bellator heavyweight, and also joining forces with that rival upstart promotion, AEW. We're going to get Jake Hager to break down all of that, his future, why he left WWE, what he plans to do to change the business in the new company, and also get a breakdown from him on what was one of the most wild MMA post-fight interview promos we've heard this calendar year. You know what? I'm rock hard right now with emotion. I got a phoner. You want to know what a phoner is? Jake Hager's about to tell you that one right now. Coming at you. It's Jake Hager on the SOC pod. Enjoy. New York City with the big man right here, Jake Hager, ahead of Bellator 231. You you probably know him a little bit better as Jack Swagger back in the day. He's Jake Hager today on AEW Wrestling. And making a little bit of noise on the MMA side. Great getting a chance to sit down and talk to you. You're in the midst of this transition, of this crossover. Because you're still doing big things in the big announcement when you walked in on AEW. We'll get into that. But in terms of MMA, we'll see you at Bellator 231 on Friday in Connecticut. How comfortable are you feeling right now? Crossing Um, over. um, You know, I'm getting more and more comfortable um, with every fight. You know, the more experience, of course, you're going to feel more comfortable. But I think at this point, after training for three and a half years for this, uh, my shape has really come a long ways. And that is going to be the number one factor for my comfortability. Now, you brought in a legitimate wrestling background at the University of Oklahoma. Yes, sir. You've no shortage of size here at what uh, they say for 6'8", he stood. But even Brock Lesnar... Even going to the level of the UFC Heavyweight Championship, they said, couldn't take a punch to the face. Yeah. You've been in a lot of fights in your, in your day. You just bite down hard. Is it natural for you to get in here and mix this up? You know, I got a lot of stories about uh, people punching me in the head and kicking me in the head uh, from WWE. And they all end up with bruises on their shins from it. And my head is fine. So I think I have a secret weapon up there that's yet to be uh, explored. Uh, but, you know... Th- I can rely on my wrestling all I want, but until you start getting punched in the face, it changes everything, and it's something that really needs to be accounted for. I'm going to see you Friday. Mohegan Sun, your third fight as a professional against Anthony Garrett. Four and two record. You're t- you're th- coming in here 2-0. 2-0. What kind of fight should we expect? What do you want to work on? What are you looking to show after two submission victories to open your own? You know, I'm torn. Everyone asks me, what do I want to show? Honestly, I don't want to showcase anything because then you got uh, you got film studies on me. And, you know, see what I do and what I don't do. And so, I mean, the quicker the better for me. But at the same time, I want to get in there and, you know, give these fans a, an exciting opportunity. Maybe I'll hang on to the hole too long. Maybe I won't. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, we'll go a couple rounds and have some fun. Well, you did hold out for the hold a little too long after the second victory. Uh, and people look not at been you. Terrified. People look at you as sort of this natural heel if you take the pro wrestling vibe and run it over. I mean, there's a great American poet who once said in front of a camera, I'm rock hard with emotion right now. <laughs> I got a phoner. Promo of the year. What's going through your mind when you're delivering that? Just emotion, man. I think that's the best time to cut a promo is right after a fight, win or lose, get on the mic and cut something. And, you know, I'll be lying if I didn't have that line in the back of my head, but the timing <laughs> of it Can you Urban just... Dictionary me? What's a phoner? Where are we going here? Okay, that's a fight boner. So <laughs> I, I coined it, you know, you go house You're hunter. popping the camera guys right now, right? <laughs> so if you go house hunting and you're real excited about it, you got a house boner. You know, I just want to fight. You got a big fight boner. Nothing that, you know... That I've, you I've had a few food, food phoners as well. Um, yeah. Do you like... Being a villain, being a heel in in the MMA sense, it seems like you obviously have a natural gift and in, in command in front of a camera. But is it is it a mindful thing where you're saying, you know what, 
to help build my name on the MMA side. I'm, I'm going to let that swagger out, if you will, play on words. Uh, it may be a mindful thing for most, but I think when people are acting up there, it comes across as not genuine and it doesn't get the same reaction. All my life, I've been very good at what I do. And so I've been booed in more than one place. And so honestly, I've come to uh, relish it and really enjoy the fact. And it just makes me stronger. Bellator is a great home for for what you're trying to do. Your fights are going to get a lot of attention. And they've, they've, they're known for their fun matchmaking in that regard. But at the same time, people are going to look at you with skeptical eyes, especially the hardcore MMA fan. You're 37 years old. Been a long time since you've even been in the amateur wrestling setup. Yep. Do you have this chip on your shoulder that you're trying so hard to prove yourself as legit? Is that something you're thinking about? I, I can't go through life trying to prove shit to people that I've never met before. There's just no way to go through it. I understand that with my name that I already have a target on myself, but it's also the name that got me here and gave me this opportunity. And so people can say what they want. Even if we go out there and dominate, they're still not going to be happy. So I'm just trying to bring attention to myself, to Bellator, to AEW, and really try to grow the sports that I love. Not a bad time to be Jake Hager right now between your burgeoning MMA career and your surprise reveal on episode one of AEW Dynamite, the rival company making headlines opposite NXT on Wednesday nights. We're really making headlines as a legitimate competitor to WWE as a whole. This was a surprise. We didn't know you were going to be there. Revealed as sort of Chris Jericho's muscle, part of a larger faction, the inner circle. When did you know about that? How how fired up were you? Because there's natural comparisons here to what maybe Hall and Nash did in NWO to make WCW a big thing 20-something years ago. I was very fired up. I mean, if you look at AEW as a company and who's running it, I mean, everybody in their right mind would want to work for this company, especially the way that Tony Khan pays you. It's, it's amazing. And so... We've been teasing it all year. You know, the plan was to get back into pro wrestling at some time and really capitalize on, you know, this new character that I've developed in the MMA ring. And, you know, it just really worked out perfectly. And Chris Jericho is a friend of mine. He's a friend of Josh Rafferty's. And he, uh, after the second fight was really impressed and really started recruiting us. And dude, he's a, he's a rock star. He's all over the place. You don't say no to Chris Jericho. How, how close had you guys been during your WWE run? Yeah. Very good. Very good friends. Uh, you know, we had so many times that we had battled in the trenches so many times where we gone out there and stole the show together. And then so many times where we've been in the back and I've had problems and I've had to go to Chris and rely on his wisdom and like, Hey, can you help me out with this and give me a piece of advice? And, Anyone who knows Chris just knows what an incredible guy is, and he truly is the biggest weapon AEW has. He's the uh, inaugural AEW champion, cutting some hella promos already. And I think when AEW launched, for people that are WWE fans, but they're, I don't know, angry, annoyed, sort of like, hey, it used to be a certain way. We, we want sense. something new. What are you hoping to deliver through AEW with your with your brethren in the locker room there that, that maybe people aren't getting these days with WWE? You know what? I see a lot of young professionals backstage who are so happy to be a part of something and build towards it and like and grow an industry that they love since they were kids. And it's really cool. It just has a different feel about it from uh, WWE. Even the crowd that night in DC, it felt different than a WWE crowd. And I think that's something that we really need to pay attention to and, and help grow. Me personally, I got goals through the roof right now, but uh, I'm a I'm a patient guy and uh, just watch. Just All right, tell me watch. about the the Jake Hager 
AEW character because Jack Swagger under the WWE banner had been the all-American guy. You'd been the sort of heel pushing a little bit of a political angle there. Who's who's Jake Hager in AEW? You know, that's the great thing about pro wrestling is like you go away and you come back and it's it's like a refresh of a, of a character. And I think it's also very necessary in pro wrestling, especially if you're at that other place where they just drag everything through the dirt. So it's going to be a, a rebirth of sorts. But at the same time, you're really going to see Jake Hager get back to who he is and uh, what he's done all his life. Everybody knows Jack Swagger as a pro wrestler. Goofy smile, comes out, likes to be the bad guy. And that's why they're a little surprised when they see me get in the cage. Well, people who know Jake Hager aren't surprised at all. This is a natural extension for him. And I think you're only going to see more of that MMA style come forward in AEW. It gets me excited as a pro wrestling fan. What's the difference in terms of freedom from being in the WWE where, where they get a label of a scripted system to what you've already experienced in AEW. Do you have carte blanche to come out and, uh, and, and sort of be who you know you can be inside? Yep. If you have confidence in what you're, what you have and what you want to deliver, they definitely give you that opportunity, uh, and they treat you like a professional, like an adult, not like a junior high kid under their thumb. And so it, it, it's really nice to experience that change and it's still very new. So we're going to have to get some structure in there at some point, but right now, I think Tony and the rest of the guys are doing a great job of managing the roster and really allowing them to be themselves and let that build them as a star. Don't force it down their throat and just give them something natural that makes sense. I know that's something weird. Well, it's refreshing. And in this inner circle faction that you're a part of, uh, you don't hear the word faction anymore. You don't see multiple groups Only in the these NBA. days. More than three guys, maybe at a most, which you can argue isn't a faction. It's just a group of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want the inner circle to to represent? To to what kind of message uh, in, in terms of what this could eventually become and, and fit in that larger historic run that we've had of great factions from the Four Horsemen to the NWO and beyond. Um, that's a great question. I think it's so exciting right now because we still don't know what exactly the inner circle is. It it could be something like go this way or we have the opportunity to go this way with it. It's really exciting. And I think the main thing that we need to do is listen to the fans and, you know, pay attention to what they're saying. And then of course, you know, do what Chris does. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad idea there. Uh, You left WWE for good in 2017 and that sort of created this spark and this MMA run that you're going and you're keeping obviously wrestling big in the picture. When was the moment though, when you knew it was over, when you knew you wanted it to be over? Um, I was in contract negotiations and I, I really knew in the back of my head when I couldn't even get a sit down to talk with, uh, Vince or Hunter to talk about contracts. I giving these guys 12 years of my life and I can't even get a little bit of FaceTime to talk about the next five. Um, it was really an, an awakening moment for me and all the stuff about being afraid to leave that in- income and trying to p- provide for your family just went out the window and just said, no, you have to do this now and never been more sure about something, even though it was one of the scariest decisions of my life. How much of the artist inside of you took over? Because we saw, you know, Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley in AEW, who did the podcast circuit, started telling his story. It was sort of like, I'm the struggling artist deep inside who wasn't able to express myself mm. in a way that that I felt I can get the most out of myself. Mm. Do you have that similar experience? No one's ever uh, called me that before, an artist. Um, I think more for me, it was just like, I knew what I was capable of, and this wasn't it. This was uh, 
This was taken away, you know, days with my kids. This is taken away so much of my life. I'm giving you my body. And if I don't have a saying in that, why do it? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I would uh, kick myself in the crotch if I didn't ask you this. One of your last runs in WWE, you and Zeb Coulter were starting this Mex America. Uh, Say it with me again, Mex America, because you're going to be hearing a lot about that. We didn't hear much more of that. No, 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 no. D- Dutch was doing that with Alberto, the whole Mex America. We were real Americans. Yeah, but wh- where was that storyline going? It just disappeared out of nowhere. 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 And you know what? I And that was also one of those moments. I remember... Uh, Dutch calling me the night before and say, Hey, they have me coming out with Alberto. They're going to do this, this, and this. And I was just like, okay, you know, you don't really, you know, there's so many people that could top my story or have been in my situation before. So I really don't have too much to complain about, but that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, the real Americans, Dutch and Tony and working together as a tag team. It was really something. Yeah. You special. and Cesaro did great business. I'm still wearing the, uh, the t-shirt with the handprint every once in a while there. Oh, I get man. a lot of, get a lot of pops around town when I put that thing on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. People know what's going on there. Uh, this is a chapter that's closed. You have a moment. Do you have something you're most proud of? You, you mentioned that 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 run you had with with, with Cesaro there. Is there is there what, what pops you the most on the inside for what uh, you accomplished? Man, there's so many great people there that I worked with, and just a blessing to have those people in my life. And uh, I'm still friends with uh, so many of them. Um, anything with Christian was awesome for me. Anything with Rey Mysterio was great. Uh, the the singles run we had with Rusev was very near and dear because overnight I turned from the bad guy into America's hero, which the vanity vanity in me really liked. You know, I thought I liked being a bad guy, but it turns out I like you cheering me more. So continue that. Um, the the biggest thing is is like you know you can stand up here and talk bad about a company all you want but it's honestly like any other job you're not gonna like your bosses after you've been there for so long and so I'm just thankful for the opportunity I have and the opportunity it's granted me now I would not be here without them so it's you know I'll forgive you all right how do you plan on juggling moving forward this. Very important role you're going to have on AEW moving forward, which is right in the middle of a war. Anyone on the AEW side, by the way, can act like this. isn't. It's a war. People know it's a war. There's naturally going to be competition between what you're doing in MMA. We'll see you in Bellator 231 this Friday. How active do you want to be as an MMA fighter? How are you going to juggle both? Yeah, so for the last three years, I've been doing independent wrestling, but my main focus and main energy has been training for MMA because I needed the most work there. And so now um, we're going to continue doing that as well. Um, I think right now AEW is going to get a little bit more of time, uh, but we're planning to fight two or three times in uh, 2020. And uh, we got some lofty goals that we want to accomplish with Bellator. Um, and so we're going to keep working towards them. My biggest weapon between the second fight and this fight is I didn't stop. I didn't get out of camp. I was sparring every week. I was training hard. And so when I came into camp, I was already ready. And it's really going to show on Friday. Let's talk a little bit more about you as a fighter here. Age isn't a problem when you're a heavyweight. It's sort of a it's sort of a division that that's not much of a big a deal. More. You don't have the mileage of some of these other guys in terms of damage accrued. Although I'm, I respect what you're gone through physically in your pro wrestling run. What are your goals on the MMA side? Is is it is it to have some fun televised fights and make a big deal, or are you? 
thinking long term, hey, this Bellator Heavyweight Championship wouldn't be better on my waist. I uh, mean, me personally, more than any championship or any victories, uh, the number one goal for me is to provide for my family. I got two kids. I got a beautiful wife. And I, I want to give them the world. I want to give them the opportunities I had that my parents provided for me. And so... I'm kind of a hooker. I'm doing it for the money right hey. now. But um, I definitely have that sickness in me where I want to be the best. I want to be called the best. So that's in there. We're just not getting ahead of ourselves. Bobby Lashley, current WWE superstar. Sure, you know him well. Had yeah. a little bit of run at the Bellator heavyweight. Mm-hmm. What, what would that fight look like? Uh, this is this is a shoot, brother. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, Bobby uh, is a great wrestler, big, strong guy. Um, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was Division One. I. I think he was Division Two, Division Three. So, you know, one, three. Uh, I think um, I would be able to hold my own with any of those guys, Brock, Kane, uh, you know, Fedor. Even I feel like I can get in there, and I'll be able. Kale P. Sonnen, maybe. <laughs> You're going to have to pay me a lot of money to get in there with Chael Sonnen because I know what he's getting paid. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. We're going to see you Friday night, Bellator 231, my backyard of Connecticut there against Anthony Garrett. We're going to fire it up to see you Wednesday nights on AEW Dynamite. I want to close with this. I mentioned a war. Is that in your head? Because you guys can say all you want. I don't care what WWE's doing on those other nights. It's about what we're doing. People start spreading TV ratings around the internet. People start doing things. You, you ready for battle there? I'm definitely ready for battle. And I know the whole roster of AEW is ready for battle. And, you know, whether it's a war or whether it's just competition, that makes everyone better. That makes everyone raise their game up. And, you know, this sounds corny, but the fans are going to win. Because whether you got a chip on your shoulder or you're just out there to prove to yourself, you know, the fans are going to win because of this. And, we're giving them another choice, so let's just stick with that. But I guarantee you, you don't want to see me in the trenches. I like to see you in there against Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Some some fun business Ray, ahead potentially. Ray Phoenix, Penta Zero, Pack. We Man. can we can do some we can do some good business there. Jake Hager, see him in the cage with Bellator. See him on AEW Dynamite. Just see him, all right. I'm still rock hold, rock hard with emotion right here, your boy BC. I thought that was a stop. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> All right, special thanks there to Jake Hager. You heard him break it down, not just his MMA hopes for the future. Maybe a little call out there of WWE star and former Bellator heavyweight Bobby Lashley. You heard you might be interested in a Chael P. Sonnen fight, but it was really the talk about wrestling that was interesting, going back to why he left WWE, going back to that aborted Dutch Mantel, Alberto Del Rio, Mex-America thing that I did tease there. Say it with me, Mex-America. Say it, Mex America. Say it, Mex America. Say it, Rich. Well, you better be learning to say it because you're going to be hearing it a lot from now on out. Yeah, we never heard it a lot from there on out. But it's interesting to hear what Jake Hager has to say, breaking it down, the freedom he's experiencing in AEW. And also on top of that, his plans as a fighter. We're going to see him in Bellator 231 on Friday night. Catch that on the zone going up there. Third fight in his pro march, seeing what he can become in his late 30s, but he's six foot eight, got that amateur wrestling background like we talked about. It's going to be fun to see what Jake Hager can do moving forward. It's going to be fun to see him getting on the microphone in AEW, getting in some of these big matches, now serving, of course, as the muscle for AEW champion Chris Jericho in the inner circle faction, but seeing what that faction can become as we roll out, as we move forward. All right, we got another big interview, two of them, in fact, 
Tyson Fury and Triple H up on the way. But first, we are going to pause for a word from our friends and sponsors. Dig it. And we're back, your boy BC. Yes, it, look, it's a busy time in combat sports. I know I was absent this week on the State of Combat Pro Wrestling Podcast, but you heard the Silver King. You heard the SK himself. Silver King, come on down. You heard him man the controls with my boy, the third man, gentleman, Jack Crosby. Outback Jack doing a great job while I was in New York catching up, of course, with Jake Hager, catching up with the pair, Rory McDonald, Douglas Lima, that'll be part of that Bellator 232 main event this Saturday. You do want to catch those interviews on the MMA pod, but it was the Silver King while I had a power outage last week who was able to also sit in for me on this interview coming up that you need to check out. It's Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion, sitting down with SK, sitting down with Triple H, and getting you fired up for what has become a loaded card. Thursday, October 31st, Halloween during the day when WWE returns to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel. This is a card that's that's big when you consider you've got the Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend matchup. You got the Brock Lesnar getting that UFC title rematch of sorts against Cain Velasquez, but yet inside a WWE ring. And you've got Tyson Fury making the debut. Yes, we all a little bit nervous here. We know he's got supposedly that February boxing heavyweight title rematch against Deontay Wilder that we all need to see, but he's got some business to attend to before then, and that's against six foot eight Braun Strowman, his pro wrestling debut. Can he live up to the efforts we've seen in the past of the likes of Lawrence Taylor, Floyd Mayweather, Stephen Amell from the standpoint of making that crossover? Heck, uh, uh, David, uh, what's his name was, uh, was a big part of that as well in terms of WCW. They're, uh, making that crossover into the ring. Although I don't, I don't really think, uh, WCW champion David Arquette is really on that level, but Tyson Fury is going to have a chance. We know his skills on the mic. What can he do in the ring? SK is going to break it all down right now coming at you. It's Tyson Fury. It's Paul Triple H Levesque back on the SOC pod. Enjoy. Welcoming into the State of Combat podcast here on CBS Sports, we have the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, and WWE's executive vice president of talent, live events, creative, NXT, and pretty much almost everything that happens in WWE these days. Paul Triple H Levesque, we are talking ahead of WWE Crown Jewels streaming live on the WWE Network Thursday, October 31st at 1 p.m. Tyson, Paul, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. That was a hell of a build-up. It was. Your yours moniker's way more impressive than mine. <laughs> I just, I so. You just need the singular one, and that's it. Linear heavyweight champion of the world. That's it. Look, we can talk, you know, WWE Hall of Famer. There's a lot of ways we can go with you, Paul. But, you know, we're, we're sticking to the boxing promotion here, even though this is, of course, for a WWE event. So, guys, I think right off the bat, and Tyson, I guess we can start with you. How the hell did this come together that you are stepping in to the squared circle against Braun Strowman here. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was offered the opportunity uh, after my last fight. Um, always wanted to do something with the WWE. Always been a big fan. Always been very interested, but never really had the right timing. Uh, I suppose everything came together really quick. Uh, my deal was done immediately. I was on a plane and I was headed to LA. Um, 
and that's just the way the cookies crumble so far so good um really looking forward to it really happy to be a part of it and i hope it can be a, a historical event an event that i uh look well in and not stink the place out now, now I'm over here training and uh, doing the best I can. Now, obviously, you've you've made your bones, you know, as a boxer. Of course, was there concern from you, anyone on your team, in terms of being out of your element a bit? You know, when you when you're an athlete and you try to do a different type of sport, you can, you know, there's potential for injury, things affecting your career long term. Yeah. Did you? How was that? You know, thought process for you, your agent, and your management. You know, the thing is with with um with a fight game is I'm not out of my element in any ring. You know, it's, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all combat. It's all entertainment. And I feel quite comfortable in, in any, any type of ring doing any one-on-one -on -one combat with any, any person on the planet. You know, my management, my promotional people, um, trainer, father, brother, everyone said it probably not a good idea, not the right time. And you may get injured and this might happen and that might happen. And what if this and what if that? But I don't think I can live a life of what ifs or, or being super cautious. You know, what will happen will happen in life. And there's not much that I can do about it. So I'm just going to take the ball by the horns and open it with both arms and um, enjoy the ride. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a ride. And so far, it's been a fantastic experience to get go down there, meet the guys, go backstage at these big events and be taught by the WWE performance trainers and to get tips by WWE Hall of Famers. It's a uh, it's a dream come true, and I'm happy to be a part of it, for sure. You kind of led into my next question, which is, what exactly are you doing for training? Obviously, before a big fight, you're getting into camp. It's a period of time where you train a certain way for a certain opponent. Are you going yeah. to Orlando WWE Performance Center? Are there people coming out to you? Who are you working with, and really, how is this wrestling training going for you? Yeah, I'm working down at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. Um, I've been working with their trainers there. Um, and some of the other superstars I've been working with as well. I've been picking it up quite quickly. I'm a, I'm a quick learner when it comes to uh, learning stuff, especially like footwork and, and fundamentals and stuff like that. If I, if I don't get it after a few times, then it gets in my mind that I really want to practice it, practice it, practice it until I get it right. And I won't leave until I've got it right. That sort of mentality. Um, and I believe that's the mentality that's took me to be an heavyweight champion of the world. Um, so, yeah, I'm learning all the different moves and really harder than I thought it would ever be. I, I will say this for him. Um, sure. You know, if I could chime in on that as he's training, there's, uh, you know, as part of my job now is to recruit athletes from around the globe and the best of the best and elite athletes. But there's there's very few that I've seen over the years um, that have that little certain special next level. Um, Tyson's one of those people just within 30 minutes of him being in the ring, you know, I could see that look in his eye and his drive and the way he was focused on everything. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be epic. He just, um, he, he's a different level of athlete. That's why he is where he is. Um, and there's very few people that have him. Like I said, I've worked with the best of the best, but there's very few people that can take it to that level and he has, and he's picking this up extremely quickly. We're working with him on everything, um, but he's like a sponge. And, and it's really because he's a fan and he wants this to be special. He wants this to be something that's remembered, that his kids uh, will remember, that he's proud of himself and that they're proud of and that lasts. And because it was epic and, um, and he's approaching it that way and it shows. Um, this is going to surprise a lot of people and it's going to blow a lot of people's minds.
So you guys are doing a good job doing my job for me. You're making the transition to my questions. Fantastic, Paul, because the next one was for you. And, you know, any time that you bring someone from another industry into WWE, it can be an actor, a boxer, a mixed martial artist, whatever the case, some of the more hardcore wrestling fans, they take exception to it because they feel like, hey, here's another opportunity for a non-wrestler getting featured at a major event while their favorites maybe are still, you know, scratching and clawing for opportunity. Obviously, in this event, we not only have Tyson Fury. We also have Cain Velasquez, who signed with WWE. So what do you say to the regular wrestling fan who says, hey, you know, I want my guys to get this spotlight, to get this opportunity, not necessarily guys coming in from boxing, MMA, you know, and other entertainment industries. So it's all about building platform. And, you know, if if somebody was to say to me, well, why don't I get the shot with Braun Strowman? Look, when Braun Strowman gets done uh, wrestling Tyson Fury at Crown Jewel, um, in Riyadh, when, when, when he comes away from that, he is going to be a, a household name, a global household name beyond what he ever was, um, before that fight. Then when they get that opportunity, it's a whole nother ball game, right? Mm-hmm. This brings eyeballs from outside. This brings eyeballs from the sporting world. This brings eyeballs from the boxing world, from everything. The opportunity for us to work with with Tyson Fury is huge for somebody like a Braun Strowman and for WWE, as it is for him. It, it raises his his uh, visibility to the world and and as an entertainer, it's good for everybody. The the people that look at it and just say, "Well, in this moment, oh, I wish they gave it to this person," it's just short term thinking. It's short sighted if, if they can see the bigger picture. To me, when these things are successful is when somebody like Tyson comes in and they're passionate about this. Why they should love it? Because he is like them. He is a fan. He loves this and he's a fan and he has the opportunity to do it like they would if they had the opportunity to do it. They yeah. jump all over it and they go live their dream. And that's what he's going to get to do. He's going to get to stand in a stadium full of thousands of people and Different than his fights, he's going to get to go out there and enjoy it and have a good time and put on a show solely. Um, and, and, and that's a, that's a unique experience and approaching it from a passion stance like that. I can tell you to the most critical person of this, I think they're going to be very surprised and happy when this is over because they're going to think this was epic. So on that same note, similarly, yes, this, you know, this does have the opportunity to be epic. We've done this before. With Mike Tyson, certainly Floyd Mayweather, you know, Tyson's, uh, Tyson Fury, of course, is not the first boxer or, or major cross-sport athlete to join WWE in a capacity like this. I think the other question that fans are asking that they're curious about is, why not do this at a SummerSlam? Why not save this for WrestleMania? Of course, I know, you know, Tyson has a match, a uh, fight coming up, you know, we hope with Deontay Wilder on February 22nd. Was it the immediacy of that that said, hey, let's get this going now? Or was there consideration given? to saving this for one of WWE's tentpole pay-per-views. So, you know, there's there's uh, there's something to be said about opportunity knocking and taking advantage of it. Um, I had seen Tyson Fury years ago as a boxer and thought, oh, my God, I had heard that he liked WWE and, and you know, kept that in my mind. Uh, last year, I went to the Lomachenko fight when uh, Top Rank and ESPN started working together and, and – uh, when uh, ESPN uh, put that that fight on, and he had just signed with Top Rank, it really put it back into my my mindset that this would be something that would be a great opportunity for us. Coming off of his last fight, we reached out sort of to see, 
hey, is this something that he would be interested in? And the answer was absolutely. Matter of fact, I'd be interested in it right now if that was something we could do. And then it just, I mean, like he said earlier, it went from phone call to jumping on a plane and flying to L.A. uh, a day later. It, It just went that fast. You have to know when the opportunity is there. Sometimes you just have to take it. Um, and, and this was the right place, right time, right opportunity for us to jump on this. And if we waited, then who knows? You know, if, if we said, well, let's wait till after the, the Wilder fight, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe then it's not the right time. It's the right time now. Let's do it. Now, now Tyson, uh, there, of course, you're having people praise you for this. You're getting a lot of media attention. You're also going to have your critics natural in any fight game. And Eddie Hearn, for our listeners, he is the promoter uh, of Anthony Joshua. He came out, criticized your wrestling skills from Raw, didn't like some of your punches from the pull-apart brawl. What do you think people are maybe misunderstanding about your venture here you know, into WWE? And do you think you're going to prove someone like Eddie Hearn or, or some of your critics wrong by the time uh, Crown Jewel comes around? You know, I'm not so worried about the critics, but Eddie Hearn has is, is is been a long-term hater. And the fact that I'm doing this, it hurts so bad for him because it's not East heavyweight who has zero charisma. Um, and he's just jealous, you know. That's coming from a jealous guy, from a jealous outfit. Um, so, yeah, listen, I'm not really too concerned what Eddie Earn says or anybody else like it, like Eddie. But, you know, for the for the casual uh, fans and critics of, of me going from boxing into wrestling, what if this, what if that, you know, you've got to live life. And, and me being a fan of this, all my life, to have this opportunity, just like any other fan, would jump at this opportunity. And I am jumping at this opportunity. I'm not going to pretend I'm the world's greatest wrestler. I'm not going to pretend I've been here for two years practicing. But the one thing I will give is 100%, as I always do. And I can't be given flack for trying my best and doing something that I love to do. You know, we're only human. And we're going to do our best and do what we've got to do. But the one thing I can guarantee is we've got, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to put on a good show. Bron's going to put on a good show. And most of all, the WWE's big show in, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, is going to be a success. Sure. Now, you've obviously agreed to this upcoming fight with Deontay Wilder on February 22nd. Of course, we want to get you through Braun Strowman healthy. He has to get through his upcoming opponent. He has to win, you know, really to get this fight going. It's a rematch of your uh, split decision draw. There's some people wondering if Wilder might be in attendance at Crown Jewel. Do you hope he's there? Uh, what do you have to say to him uh, about this upcoming bout for you and, and potentially what's next in store for Deontay Wilder? You know, I'm, again, I'm not really too concerned what Deontay Wilder's doing with his career and his life. He's got uh, his own fight to, to contend with on the end of November. Um, you know, again, Deontay Wilder does what Deontay Wilder does. It's not really any of my concern. The thing is, I've just had a massive cut, 47 stitches inside and out. Um, and we don't know how that cut's going to be healing, even in a couple of months, how it will be. February is not that long away. I'm still suspended from, from training, mm-hmm. physically getting punched in the face until December, I believe. Um, so who knows how a massive cut like this, the fight date might go back anyway. Who knows? Absolutely. Now, uh, Paul, we'll get you out of here on this uh, with this deal, of course, with Saudi Arabia uh, and SmackDown moving to Friday nights. Logistics for this have to be crazy. So how exactly are you guys going to be operating doing a show, you know, Crown Jewel in Riyadh uh, on Thursday, October 31st? 
1 p.m. Eastern streaming live on WWE Network. I'll give you another plug there. But then coming back and having a big SmackDown show on Fox the following Friday night uh, in the United States. The one thing about WWE, and I think Vince McMahon sets the, sets the template for this, is uh, we're not afraid of hard work. Um, where there's a will, there's a way. We will be on the other side of the planet on Thursday uh, afternoon putting on a stadium spectacle, uh, the likes of which have never been seen with, with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman uh, shocking the world and, and just um, making a memory that will last people a lifetime. And then a day later, we will be uh, on Fox Live uh, for the world. That's just what we do. That is another day in the WWE uh, if you want it bad enough, as Tyson Fury said earlier, you can make it happen. Fantastic. Tyson, Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on the CBS Sports State of Combat podcast. And one more time, WWE Crown Jewel airing live 1 p.m. Eastern Thursday, October 31st, streaming on the WWE Network. All right. Special thanks to the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, to Tyson Fury and Triple H stopping by. They had to get you fired up. An interesting take on what we're about to see. This is a somewhat surprising turn for Tyson Fury to even find out that he didn't even tell his own co-promoter, Frank Warren, about it before accepting WWE's offer. But he's been pretty damn good on the microphone. He certainly has the size up against Braun Strowman for this to be a believable affair inside the WWE ring. But we're going to find out October 31st, Thursday what this is going to look like in Saudi Arabia. So special thanks to them for stopping by. Always good to have Triple H on the show. You know, he brings it. We can ask him whatever we want, and he will deliver in the end. And look, speaking of delivering, folks, and it's somebody who's a friend of this podcast. It is the folks at Ballsy. Yes, B-A-L-L-S-Y.com. You know they helped us through swamp butt season by sending your boy Big C- BC a nice care package there of the ball rub, right? I'm sorry, the ball wash of the nut rub. They basically sent me a power sack pack that you need hygiene products on the men's side to keep yourselves fresh when you go out there on the daily grind. Well, it's holiday season coming up, and you're going to need to keep your jewels jolly. And the folks at Ballsy have your back with another care package. If you go head on over to Ballsy.com and check that stuff out, tell them BC sent you. You will not be disappointed. This is a product that your boy uses that your boy gets down with, that your boy enjoys. So thank you to the folks at Ballsy for outfitting me. You can check out their merch there with the shirts and the hats. That's what I'm talking about. You won't be disappointed. There it is. There what is? There it is. There it is, Jesse. That's the, that's the deal right there. And there it was, another successful bonus track, bonus d- edition of the SOC pod coming at you. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to hit you up big next week. UFC 244, Crown Jewel, Canelo, Kovalev. It really is a combat sports dream. We got you covered like we always do. And be sure to check out the archives. Check out that Logan Paul interview this week on the boxing pod. Going 30 minutes basically there with the controversial YouTube star talking about his plans. Not just to knock out KSI in that boxing rematch November 9th. But to draw a UFC fight. To become the biggest entertainer in the world. He charmed me a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. He charmed me a little bit in that interview. Made me really want to see that fight as well. But special thanks on this one to Jake Hager of Bellator and AEW. To Triple H. To Tyson Fury. You did the business this week. When you do it. When you do it that well. There's only one thing left to do. Two words for the people. We out.